Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Trevor, host of The Formula. Really pumped to bring you this next three-part series with my friend and documentary filmmaker, Vanessa McNeil. Uh, Vanessa just dropped her latest documentary, Grid Shock, which is about the state of sex trafficking in the state of Iowa. Now, being an Iowan myself, I was completely uh, shocked and surprised by the uh, just everything that uh, she learned and that she she brings to light in this documentary. So as someone who's lived in Iowa most of my life, I was not aware of how big of an issue sex trafficking is. So if you have the opportunity, make sure and check out uh, the documentary. And yeah, so we're going to be doing a three-part series. First part is going to be Vanessa's origin story, which is going to be coming up here after I'm done speaking. And then the next two parts are going to be more about uh, her advice for how you can give back and fight sex trafficking in your community, and then just her advice from a personal level on how she's been able to overcome adversity in her life. So really pumped to drop this uh, series with you, but first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. The Formula Podcast wouldn't be possible without some uh, some pretty awesome sponsors that are willing to to support the show. So the first sponsor has been with us for quite some time. That's Lady Boss. They provide women's workouts and health supplements to help women live healthier lives. Now, if you're interested in checking out any of their workouts or their supplements, go ahead and head to theformulapodcast.com and check out our sponsored products page. Now, our second sponsor just got started with us here recently. That's Liquid Web. Now, if you've listened to any of our episodes with like Adrian or Ketsu or anybody that's doing any type of drop shipping or e-commerce, Liquid Web has some e-commerce solutions to help you get a store up and running ASAP. And they were uh, willing to actually give 33% off to people who listen to the Formula Podcast. So when you go to liquidweb.com and check out their products, make sure and type in Formula 33 when you check out to get 33% off. Big thanks to them for, for hooking us up and uh, keeping this show rolling. That's all from our sponsors. Now, let's do this thing. Vanessa, thanks for taking the time to, to hang out today and, uh, and drop by the show. Excited to do it. Yeah, so I, I was telling you before, I watched your TED Talk and and, um, and your, your um, other video on YouTube. I can't remember what it's called. It was, um, the Vanessa McNeil story? Yes, that one. Um, mm-hmm. It's a pretty simple name for some reason. I can't remember it. <laughs> uh, and I felt like I learned a lot about you. Uh, and and you, it seems like you're doing a lot to, you know, to really be, be an advocate for, you know, victims of sex trafficking and trauma. Um, but for those of you who don't know you, do you want to give them kind of your, your origin story, how you became yes. Vanessa McNeil today? So I would say my story has started in the work that I'm doing long before I ever knew that I was going to do this work. So when I was three or four, I was sexually abused by family members. Um, I experienced child neglect, um, lots of other things that kids shouldn't go through or see or experience. And then um, I ended up being raised by my grandparents. And when I was 15, I was really involved in school. I loved school. I loved learning. And I wanted to be the first person in my family to even graduate high school. I knew I was going to do that, so I wanted to go to college. Um, And in that process, I decided that I wanted to do a college prep program. Um, And I did that for one year. The first summer was perfect. I loved it. The second summer, so the summer of my going into my junior year of high school, I was sexually assaulted in the program on our summer trip by another person in my group. Um, 
So I experienced that in PTSD and struggling with anxiety and depression and things that a lot of people experience but shouldn't. Um, but I ended up going to, to graduated high school and then I got a full ride scholarship to Iowa State. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, I was able to really work on my healing and some of the things, lots of things that I needed to deal to be able to get to a place of healing and um, forgiveness with people. So senior year of high school or college, um, I was talking with my friend and she randomly asked me what I wanted my legacy to be. And I was like, girl, I don't know. I've never thought about that before. That's kind of a strange question. But something about that conversation made me think that night. And I realized and I knew in that, that day in that moment that my legacy was to share my story and to help other people share theirs. So I was able to work with two filmmakers in my area that helped me um, create the Vanessa McNeil story that's on YouTube. And from there, it, like the seeds just blossomed from that. And I was able to work with so many survivors around the world. I was able to create another short film that's on YouTube and then a, a documentary, my first feature length documentary about five male survivors of sexual violence. And then most recently um, doing a documentary about sex trafficking in Iowa called Grid Shock. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember seeing the, the, the Kickstarter and, and what not come out about Grid Shock. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was a Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Indiegogo, there yeah. we go. <laughs> Crowdsourcing campaign, whatever. Right. Uh, and, you know, I was really surprised to hear, I mean, we'll get more into Grid Shock a little bit later. I was just surprised mm -hmm. to hear how prominent uh, sex trafficking is in Iowa. And then, you know, after I did my whole pink hair <laughs> campaign mm -hmm. to raise some money to, to fight uh, child sex trafficking, you know, I've, I've kind of learned a little bit more about it. I think that's um, how I got, how I found out about, about you because yep. somebody said you're speaking at TEDx and I think I messaged you on Instagram maybe around that time. Mm -hmm. Probably That was close, getting close to a year ago maybe yeah. or so. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and just kind of, you know, hearing, like, you know, once you kind of start peeling back the layers of this, you kind of find out how how much more common it is than totally. people realize. Mm -hmm. um, I have so many questions I want to ask you. Yes, let's um, go. <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, you, you've kind of decided that you want this to be your legacy and you've shared, shared your story. I mean, I, I listened to it and I mean, I was, I listened, I listened to it, uh, it again on the in the car on the way down and I was mm -hmm. tearing up. I was like, man, it's an emotional like, story. I know. I was just like, I just want to give Vanessa a hug. I feel, I'm like, <laughs> I just, I'm like, I, um, and to me, it felt like it takes a lot of courage to share those things. So, you know, how do you, you know, do people out there who maybe have similar stories or have gone through trauma or experience like that, how do you suggest that they also have, like, get that courage or share their story as well and contribute to the, the healing process of others? I think that there's a lot of work that you have to do internally in order to be ready to tell your story. Um, and telling your story doesn't mean like making a documentary about it like I did. Some people share their f story in form of a letter that they never share with anyone. Some people do poems or just different things. I think that there's levels to it. But I think that there's so much work and acknowledgement that you have to to do with self in order to realize like this is something that I've gone through. Because um, a lot of people bury and ignore or try to forget what happened and you really have to like face it head on and that takes a lot of 
strength and courage and resiliency, all of those things. Going through that process, I was, you know, able to want to share. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine having that type of, of, of trauma and stuff like that happen, um, especially at such a young age as you did. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I really commend you that, I mean, you, I mean, you've had, and it seems like you're having an amazing impact on a lot of people yeah. and you've had a very successful life. I have. And, um, yeah, how, what, what kept you going? Like, why did you keep going, pushing forward? I think I always knew that there was a reason for why I experienced what I did. There was a reason why I had to go through those things in order to be who I needed to be. Mm -hmm. um, so that kept me going. I just knew that there was something on the other end of it because now I would never take anything away. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of experience that I would rather have than the truth and the life that I've been given mm -hmm. because it, like, formulated everything that I am now. Like, I wouldn't have the compassion or understanding or anything, the mercy, anything, um, if I didn't go through what I went through. Yeah. So the, these, uh, these experiences have really, you know, molded you into who you are today. Um, when it comes to compassion, like how, how would you define compassion as, as being compassionate towards yourself and to, uh, to others, maybe even the people that, you know, have caused some of these things to happen? So I would say that compassion and mercy are so important because it's allowed me to step into someone else's suffering. So, for example, my sister molested me. And for so long, I never understood why that would happen. Like, why? Why me? What did I do wrong? Was there all of these questions, right? Mm -hmm. But when I extended compassion, it allowed me to say what happened in her life that would allow her to think that that was okay or to want her to injure me, because that essentially is what happened. And when the answer to that question is that it happened to her, and as a child, she was reflecting a behavior so I think that pain is a lack of understanding. Yeah. Like when we don't understand why things happen to us, we're like in a tailspin. Like, why did that happen? I went through those steps. But when I was able to say with certainty, like, I understand why. Um, I mean, and who says I'll ever really know why? But if I can, like, rationalize and try to understand her position, like, that's exactly what mercy is. And you extend mercy not because people deserve it, like, you don't have to be deserving of mercy, because if you were, it wouldn't be mercy, right? right. So um, doing that didn't excuse what anyone has ever done to me in my story, but it's helped me heal. It's helped me find peace and um, essentially be where I'm at today. Yeah. So I'm assuming you talk to a lot of other people who have victims, um, people who have been in your shoes before. Mm -hmm. How do you walk them through that process of developing that compassion and mercy? I think it's one of the hardest things that you'll have to do because you will have that resentment or that anger or whatever that may be towards them. Um, and this process of forgiveness and all of this process happens multiple times. Like healing isn't linear. It doesn't start and then end. My whole life I'll be healing and forgiving over and over again. Um, so I think I just, I talk to people and I'm super real mm -hmm. and I'm like, there's not a start and a finish to this. I'm going to be 80 years old with gray hair, still forgiving, still loving, still showing that compassion um, until I don't even know if there's a end or feeling of completeness. Yeah. You just keep peeling back the layers. Yeah. 
and and hope that you know one day you get to the point where it's it's a little bit better and a little exactly. bit better. And I talked with you earlier about how I think it's important that I talk about this topic, even though I'm I'm extremely uncomfortable <laughs> with yeah. with. I mean, you you're extremely comfortable sharing your story and uh, talking about these things. Mm -hmm. For the average person, though, especially I mean, for me in, in particular, I'll use myself as an example. It's it's something that when you talk about it, I just get like like chills a little. Yeah. Where uh, even talking about what happened with your sister or at at, uh, at school, mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh man, like it, it's even hard for me to say the words. Mm. Um, but I do know it's something that needs to be talked about. It needs to be, it doesn't, it shouldn't be covered up or pushed into the corner because it's a uncomfortable topic or hard topic. Right. So using me as the guinea pig, <laughs> how would you advise uh, myself or others to uh, talk about these things so that they can be brought to light and and they can be they can be dealt with or these problems can be you know worked on or solved. Mm. So my one of like a mantra that I have is what is hidden cannot be healed. Mm -hmm. So the more like we hide and conceal things like this, pe like you don't know how many people in your personal and professional life have experienced what I have. A lot of people just won't talk to you about it, but every single one of us has at least one person in our life that has a connection to my story one way or the other. Um, and the more that we hide that, people won't be able to get the help or support or whatever that they need. And, and um, for example, um, I had the opportunity to work with someone really powerful and I was able to show them the film. Yeah. Um, and they asked me to to not, they didn't want to continue watching it because it was so hard, right? They're so uncomfortable, like face beat red. They just couldn't handle it. But what I would say to that is that for survivors, for people like me, for people that never had a choice in their experiences, you have to step outside of your comfort and, and privilege, essentially, because I will never have the privilege to, to ignore it. Yeah. I will never have a privilege to turn my back on it because it's my reality and it will be my life for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So that's like my challenge for everyone that's uncomfortable. Like I know that it's super tough, but for people like me and for people, you know, out there that don't have a choice, it's so helpful because we need people like you to be a part of making our voices louder. Yeah. So even, even though it's, it's uncomfortable, we need to almost put ourselves in the other person's shoes because they don't have a choice. Right. Like, their choice has been kind of taken away. Totally. So, and we have the choice of speaking up or contributing in whatever way that might be, whether it's um, donating money, backing, supporting a documentary about mm -hmm. something like this. Um, I'm sure there's ways you can volunteer. Yeah. Um, dye your hair pink, raise some money <laughs> like that. Um, right. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap for this show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Trevor Carlson, and I appreciate you taking the time to stop by and whether it's viewing our episodes or listening to our podcasts or reading our blog posts, all of you guys really, really help, uh, help keep this show going. So I'm, I much appreciate, uh, appreciate your time and attention and hopefully we've provided a little bit of value for you. Now, if you're interested and you think you might enjoy getting some blog posts, emails, other podcasts, uh, guides, any of that sort of thing sent to your inbox every week, go ahead and head over to theformulapodcast.com and sign up for our email list today. That's a wrap for this week's show. 
Thanks again, everyone, for stopping by, and I look forward to you tuning in next time.